following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 11th, 2019, season 15, episode number 41. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And I uh, got my crew here, Nick, Dave, Amber. Uh, we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins today. Dave has a breakdown for us on the Washington offense. We defer on this show. And uh, we will go with offense today. We'll go with defense tomorrow. Uh, but before we do that, I want to talk a little bit. Do you have something? Nick? I was just saying there's some injuries things. Did we did we talk about injuries? No, at all? we didn't. Yeah, Here, real, quick, real quick, real um, quick. Give me an injury update. Tavon Austin apparently has a concussion um, that they found out. Concussion like symptoms, like and you know, it's always everybody's all dicey about whether they want to call it a concussion or. But from the sounds of it, he you know he felt fine Monday. Came in and did like run team run and stuff like that, but he came in today and was like, I like my my head feels fuzzy, like I'm still kind of feeling the effects. Uh, apparently, it was a block he made or took in the game, and so he's not at practice. Um, we'll see how serious that is. I don't know if it's a full blown concussion or just kind of being careful with him. And Randall Cobb had had some ribs injuries, but he was out there, so mm-hmm. yeah, know, that's that would good be news. one that you know Tavon talk is, about punt returner. He's the yeah, good point. Jeff Heath also out there. Yep. Every everybody that you know you would ask about was there. Um, Tyron, Zach, Cooper, Cobb, Heath, and uh, they have signed yeah. Chris, Chris Covington. So now we have Chris and the Christian linebacker Covington. Chris Covington. Yeah, linebacker yes. Chris Covington. Uh, he's on the active roster now. And they, when they released Jordan Chun yesterday, Chun will not be back on the practice squad. They signed Darius Jackson to the practice squad. He gets his number twenty six back, and Alumba goes back to thirty two. <laughs> All right, it's a lot. Of stuff. It's a lot going on. <laughs> Although, which I yeah, I don't know. I think the way it was explained to me just now is Darius Jackson is here. I assume he was already in the area. They waived Chun, and so he can't be on the practice squad until today. And they needed a running back for practice. So, so is this like a temporary thing? Or? We'll see. Oh man, it's totally. And pop- then Lumba goes back to twenty six. Maybe it's. It is completely possible that Darius could just be helping them get through practice like today and tomorrow. I, I don't know. But that's the way it was explained to me is I don't think they're necessarily permanently done with Jordan Chun, but he can't be here for practice right now because he hasn't officially cleared waivers. Good. And so they needed a back, and they were. I assume they were like, hey, Darius, you're still down the street, right? From this what- is an irrelevant question, but whatever happened to Jamil Showers? He, Every time you mention Darius Jackson, I think of Jamil. Pre-game show. He's got. <laughs> he doesn't have practice squad eligibility. He can't be on. I mean, unless you put him on the fifty-three, he can't be here. Yeah. So, he's yeah. done. So, but you guys have been talking about Jordan Sean from the standpoint that he was more of a special teams guy. They're moving him down. Well, seventeen special team snaps the other night. I think is what yeah. I heard. I think. I think what happens is, is Covington's a better linebacker, better special teams player than him. But when they had when they kept John. They didn't know exactly when Zeke was coming back, and and if so, was he going to look like? So at least you've got three backs and a linebackerish type special teams player. Now that Zeke's back and he's going to be fine and all that, now 
Now it's just special teams. I'd rather just have the linebacker. Got it. That's, I think okay. that's what it comes down to. So, so Covington was yeah. a better special teams player, yeah. so it's better Who to Who can't move play him running up. back? Which yeah. he played quarterback in college, but I think Did he's he? bigger now. Yeah. He's a big dude to say he plays quarterback. Like college or Nets high school? Yeah, uh, college. He, he played some in Indiana? Yeah, okay. he started out there. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. You don't see a lot of neck tattoo guys with, quarterbacks? with quarterback. Not really. What does that say about him? Like, is he extra tough because he has a neck tattoo? I think tattoo? so. I think if you have a neck tattoo, I think you are extra tough. That's really? what I, yes, I it think so. It means don't mess with him. I think so. <laughs> is really? Is that I don't yes. know. I don't know anyone really that closely that has a neck tattoo, but I would no. think you're tough. Cool. I know somebody, and he's he's just like the sweetest thing. Oh. But he looks tough and just like, That's the thing. don't he's... approach me. Would you guys want to do it as a show? Like, no. the break. No, no, I don't. The break. How you go ahead. nerdy? How nerdy is it on a scale of one to ten? That like the thing that I'm most fascinated about is how they handle the jerseys with Christian and Chris Covington now playing on the same defense. So what are they gonna do? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can put the full name, so I don't I know how don't they do. No, yeah, like they right. have the same last name, and it's all the way up to the first Chris. five letters. Yeah. So you're gonna have Chris Covington and I've never Christ understood Covington. why that matters. <laughs> It, uh, you're right. Because, they I mean, have like Roy this... Williams, Randall Williams, it was Roe Williams and Ra Williams. Like, why? Why? How about just 31 and I, 89? I didn't say the number. Williams so... plus 31 means Williams, right? Yeah. Roy Williams, right? Maybe they will. I'm going to find an equipment guy today, and I'm going to talk to him. Yeah. I, but I just think that's interesting. It is interesting. The interesting thing is they both play defense, so you could have right. situations that could be a little confusing. But you would think the letters in 80-point font, I mean the numbers in 80-point font would tip you off, not to mention the body weight. Like, about, oh, this guy's 235 and this guy's 300. Because in college football, you'll see like six number one and number twos out there. So That's more confusing. That's Good ridiculous, point. but Good point. it's cool. I get it. All right, so let's Sorry. move on. Uh, I do want to talk, before we get to the Washington Redskins, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's kind of popped up here over the last 24 hours on social media. Um, there was a, a situation where Demarcus Lawrence uh, was captured on video. There was a, a kid who had on a Saquon Barkley jersey um, who walked up to him after the game and wanted an autograph, and Demarcus basically brushed him off. You got on the wrong jersey, kid, basically. And and it's obviously blown up and t- taken on a life of its own um, now, uh, from the standpoint of, yeah, I think I think Bleacher Report did something on it. That's at least who who, uh, who Tank referenced in a, in a tweet he followed up with later on. Um, but the question I have for you guys is: is this is the idea of, of criticizing a player for doing something like that unfair, or do you think that's that's his responsibility? And he has he does have a responsibility to do that in those situations. Hmm. I would say, I mean. Doesn't, that just kind of goes with the dinner of being an NFL – well, I don't want to speak too too broadly, but I guess my point is these guys are judged and critiqued for every little thing they do, and that's part of what goes along with play, getting paid $100 million. Like that is the drawback of it, you know, is anything you do – can can has the potential to happen like that, um, but should it? I, I get that that's that's the lot. And that's what it what it is. But should it be? Is it is it unfair to criticize a player for something like that? Um, yeah, in, in this case, I, I think so. He took it to a different level. You don't want to sign autograph. That's fine. You don't have to sign autographs. I think he took it to another level by kind of pointing out a reason why. Even though clearly he was in like power walk mode. I'm getting out of this place. I'm going to wherever I'm going to go. He wasn't going to sign autographs. You signed for one. You signed for 50. I get it. 
So just do just do that. And I, and I wrote a column on this whole situation, and I, I even pointed out two different Hall of Fame players that I have seen. One grab my own suitcase so they could fill up both of their hands and walk past people so they don't have to sign. Another, this year, asked me to do an interview with him so he wouldn't have to sign on the field at training camp. They don't want to do it. There's a difference then by, by just kind of, I didn't hear you, I'm and busy, I'm sorry. these are former players you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, training camp this year. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, so I understand that. Like, you don't want to do it. But by kind of calling out that you have the wrong jersey on, that to me takes it to a different level. Um, I still love DeMarcus Lawrence. I think he's, he's great. I think he's, he's got his own personality. He's a real dude. I think Dave will tell you he's a real person. Unfortunately, those 10 seconds I don't think are really what D-Law is about. I don't think. But it's unfortunate that it happens. That means cell phones are everywhere now, and that, that's what happens. I would say, and I would be a hypocrite if I killed Tank for that, because I love his authenticity. Yeah. And, like, we argue all the time. I roll my eyes at some of the phony dudes in the NFL who will go out of their way to make sure that a video of them saying something like that never happens. Because they're they're never real. They're, they're spokesmen and not people. That's what they act like. So I really appreciate that DeMarcus Lawrence isn't like that. And, you know, he and and but that's not the full picture, because as you know, if you're on social media, you saw last night he went, you know, he went and gave backpacks and and gave back to what, 90 kids from from the Frisco ISD and gave them school supplies. And and even that was getting criticized because it's like, oh, you you did that to that one kid with a jersey. And then you go out and come back and start posting. They they didn't like the community of Frisco because it's, you know, it's portrayed as a higher class. Uh, you know, community than some some other ones. I mean, I don't know. I think that that's and I saw what you did on social media. You were like, "Well, did you? What did you tell? What were you doing last? What night? What did you do last night? Did you help ninety <laughs> people? If Which, not, <laughs> if I guess, so, good. Right. I kind of I kind of appreciate. You know, he can be the same guy that talks trash to the Saquon kid and then still goes goes and does this cool thing in the community. Like, it doesn't have to be black and white. As always, that's my that's my number one thing. Is like. Nobody ever wants nuance. Like you have to have a take. You didn't read but my column because no, no one no yeah, one asked because it's not out yet. I mean, it's getting there, but I, that's the first thing I say is that it's not black and white. Some things aren't black and white. There's some gray areas here, and this one is. This is one of those situations, and I don't know what your stance on that is, but but well, I, I mean, go my, ahead. My whole problem with it is I feel like I felt, and this is just our society in general. I think everybody has a sense of entitlement, and in this instance, I think there is a a sense of entitlement on the part of the people that criticize Tank that he somehow owes this kid an autograph. He doesn't owe anybody an autograph. If he chooses to do an autograph, great. And as you and I were talking about before the show, if he wants his public perception to be whatever, mm-hmm. uh, if he wants it to be J.J. Watt-like where he goes and he throws yeah. balls to you know fans of his team and fans of the other team before the game – then great, do that because you're trying to build a brand. If you don't, yeah. if you want to not sign this autograph, if you would rather be more authentic from the standpoint of being like, you know, guess what? You're not a fan of my team, so I'm not yeah. signing it. That's okay. Nobody's entitled here. No fan is entitled to an autograph. The player is not bound to have to give an autograph. Just- if he chooses to do it, it's his right to do it, and that's why I have a problem with people criticizing players because they choose right. in that moment, that's not the space I'm in right now, or I choose not to do this because I have a right 
with my likeness to decide what I want to do. That's fine if he if he's okay with that. If if they're in his team and then know that's why he's not getting the endorsement. That's why his jerseys aren't really all over the place at AT and T Stadium. Just because, like, there are different levels of global superstars, and and I don't even know. Man, who knows if that kid even is a Giants fan or is he just a Saquon Barkley fan? Because he's on that level. J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham, Steph Curry, LeBron James, all across the place. You see dads that are probably Dallas Mavericks fans, and their sons like I I want to go and watch Steph Curry. That kid was like DeMarcus. DeMarcus wanted an autograph there. So, like, I, I just think, like, you're right. He doesn't have to have that level. But just know that there's there's great players, there's Pro Bowl players, there's elite, iconic global stars, and it takes that kind of thing to, to do that, to be like, you know what, I don't love your jersey, but I'll sign it. Now that video's going viral, and he has a different perception. Yeah, I, I, really, I, I, I struggle to form a firm take on this because, this, I mean, I joke about this all the time. Actually, like I get – if you've been to a Pro Bowl and you play for the Cowboys, I get notifications when you tweet. <laughs> and it's a running joke for me. Like when Dak Prescott tweets, it's an ad. It's always an ad. Mm-hmm. It's so bland. It's so lame. And Demarcus Lawrence is genuine. Like he's the opposite. He's yeah. tweeting about killing Eli Manning, and he's yeah. defending himself. Choking out the Saints. Yeah, he's, yeah. You know, he's he's defending himself from fans that think he's mean for for not signing this kid's autograph. So, like I said, I really I appreciate that in this day and age, he is an authentic NFL superstar who will tell you how he feels because a lot of them won't. Right. Um, I think it goes back to the parents. That, what the parents did. I mean, again, who's parents? The kids' parents. Uh, he kind of pushed him. Out. Yeah, yeah he like, kind of pushed him. Out. Out and there. that's the other thing. Like, I'm, I just, I have a bit like, of. A, that's a personal that? thing. I have a bit of a problem with that, just because I always tell my kids and my daughters. Y'all know my daughter's a big theater nut, and I always tell her, respect what a person does. You don't know who they are behind the scenes. So trying too hard to be the fan, where it's like, I want, I want to, like, I gotta get this autograph. I got. Just slow down a little bit in in idolizing these people because they still are people and you don't know who they are beyond what they do, right? And so I, I have a little bit of a problem with the parent that's like pushing their kid out there, like, <laughs> go get the autograph. Like, slow down. If the kid wants to get the autograph, let the kid get the autograph. But you don't need to, like, you don't have to spur them on, right? I, I may be wrong on that. That's just my own personal No, that on. that's the same thing I thought. And it's like, a lot of parents try to get certain things through their kids or like made the kid do things, you know? So you don't you don't really know whether he was a fan or not. And Demarcus, yes, he could have maybe handled it better, like say it more jokingly, maybe fist bump him. It's like, oh, you yeah. need a better jersey or whatever, joking. But I think that most people around here and the media that works around here can confirm how Demarcus Lawrence, like his true character, and that doesn't really represent who he is. Mm-hmm. He's better than that. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. I guess I don't care that much about it because it doesn't really change my opinion of no. how I feel. Like I, I've seen enough of Demarcus Lawrence. Like I feel like I have a good idea of like his true character. Like you said, he's also you never a hundred percent know what you're going to get from him, which I, again I respect. So I you know, just, and, just tank. And, and one thing that I. I've shared in the in this story that that I think that is important too when you when you kind of get to know both sides of it. Last year at the hospital visits, I walked around with him for 
six or seven different rooms that he went into, and he got choked up in every single one of them just seeing these kids and their parents there and asking them, you know, because it's, it's an annual visit. And a lot of the guys, hey, they put on the Santa hat, they put on the jersey, they smile, and hey, you know, and they leave, and it's their day off and all that. Demarcus was asking them what they wanted for Christmas. They were telling them. He was writing it down and having their PR people representative write it down. And then the next day or two, he made sure that those families and kids got exactly what they were asking for. Which so you don't have to do as part of that whole thing. That, that was not so, the deal. And, and, and he doesn't want that even probably out there. But but I just think it's important to know that, like, it's not that he doesn't like kids. I've seen him at Chuck E. Cheese twice. What's that say about me? I don't know. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Did You did have your kids. With that, you, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You as long as you got kids. your kids, you're I think that's, good. That okay. doesn't say anything weird about He lives you, there, right? apparently. As long as you have your kids. He, he lives there. They, they, they know him there. Every yeah. every off day, they yeah. uh, on All or Nothing, they talked about it. He takes his kids every week. So. He loves kids. It's not about that. He was going out. He was going, you know, like, and, and he knows if you stop for one. Dave will tell you when he signed at, at Oxnard. When you sign for one, you have to sign for all of them there. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins. Cowboys will face the Redskins this Sunday. Uh, they take a loss last week to the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to find out what this offense is about, maybe a little better than you think. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on-command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East riders, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break all right you have to join us well not us but join most of the people that will be here 
for the first official Dallas Cowboys away game watch party presented by AT&T on Saturday, September 15th. Enjoy a festive game day atmosphere on the Tostitos Championship Plaza at the Star in Frisco as the Dallas Cowboys take on the Redskins. Free and open to the public activities include a live DJ, autograph opportunities, and more. For more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com. Not us. We won't be there. We will be in Washington. But there will be people from our group that will be there. We'll actually be in Washington, too, and not Baltimore County or Alexandria yeah. or... We're staying at the White House, right? I mean, like, like at the White three House. blocks away. Really? No, that's... So we're staying inside the city this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've never done that before. Yeah, we, we have. Have we? Just, it's been a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm used to us being out in, like, resting or something. That's why I made the joke. Yeah. We're doing a lot of things okay. differently this year. Are we? Yeah. Like winning? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> one game. The Super Bowl, Chill. as Dave said yesterday, go ahead and book your mm. book your room in Miami. Mm. All right, let's go, Dave. Give us your uh, your scouting report on these Washington Redskins. Uh, the Washington offense, we can do that. Um How do I how do I want to start this? I don't know. Ask me ask me questions. How's the quarterback? He's never played against the Cowboys ever. Court Really? I didn't realize last, that. Last week 380 yards passing, yeah. three touchdowns. He looked Go. okay. He looked Hell. he looked pretty good. <laughs> but here's the thing. Maybe it's just so I went home yesterday, I watched the whole Cowboys offense all 22 and then I watched Washington and like the whole time I was like, god, it's like a different sport cuz Jay Gruden, he's a West Coast guy. I mean, obviously it's not pure West Coast, but like it's a lot of under center stuff. It's a, like it looks old like the you know dropping back from under center and like turning your back to the line of scrimmage like a lot of that stuff i was just like these are some slow developing plays and they started running more shotgun but like they ran like 10 plays in a row under center i was like man this just looks strange to me Mm -hmm. uh so that was my first impression but it worked like you said he threw for 380 yards a boatload of that went to terry mclaren who so that's probably your name to know he's new to this matchup he's a rookie out of Ohio State kind of impressive that a rookie does that in his first game I'm gonna say something that I mean as flattering and you're gonna laugh at me okay he reminds me of Terrence Williams not again stop not in, like not all the not what you're thinking what I'm saying is like he can really scoot he's deceptively fast got it he doesn't look... He can get open. He's not really a speedster, but he can get he open. He doesn't... You're not like... It's not like Tavon Austin, like, man, that guy's really fast. But all of a sudden, he's 60 yards downfield. He ran 4-3-5. So he's... That's not slow. He can scoot. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's got... <laughs> he can run. He's got like a Terrence type of build, too. And I feel like I saw him make at least one body catch on tape. So maybe <laughs> maybe there's more What was he coming out of college? Like, do you remember him from last year's Absolutely. draft? What, what, kind, was, of, what kind of prospect was he? Him. The Cowboys liked him a lot. He was, a, he was yeah. a senior bowl guy. He was dusting corners in Mobile. Um, a, a lot like I, – I couldn't tell you his stats at Ohio State, but he wasn't on that level of like he, – he wasn't on the Devons, same level as like Devin Smith coming out of school. Yeah. Um, but very fast, very talented. Um, all of his damage in this game was just getting behind the secondary. So that's something to watch. Um, what, was, what round was he picked in? Third. Third round, okay. Um which it's funny that he had such a big game because otherwise you're like, man, who the hell do they have catching passes for him? Because yeah. Jordan Reed was out. Uh, we're going to need to watch him over the course of the week, but he didn't play. So Vernon Davis did a lot. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, Wu yeah. Pig Suey, he's up there. Um, 
Other, yeah, Steeler. yeah, he did do that. He stole the spotlight at the Belk Bowl. Um, <laughs> Paul Richardson, you might remember him. And then yeah. the other guy, so if I'm trying to highlight people for you to watch, Trey Quinn is the other one. Came out of SMU, was actually at LSU before that. Um, he's there, Cole Beasley. He's a little bit bigger, um, but it's very similar. So he actually, he had five catches for 40 yards in this game too. And so... You watch him, and he's doing all the same stuff. The crossing routes, the the sit-downs, the you know cutting in and then cutting out, whatever you call that. Um, and it made me – I'm like, how are they going to cover this guy? Because that's how they're going to move the chains. And I actually went back and watched last year's game where he had five catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. And the Cowboys used Anthony Brown. And he actually did a really good job. He caught a touchdown, but it was kind of in a prevent, like, don't let anything get behind you type of situation. Anthony Brown played really well against him and actually got a pick on kind of like a stutter go down the seam. And he just played it really well and undercut it. So I wonder if they'll do that again because A.B. handled himself really well. Um what else did I see? The right side of their offensive line is the side that's supposed to be good. That's where Brandon Scherf is at guard. Morgan Moses got a second contract at tackle. They got bullied. Um, they got bullied really bad by the Eagles. Uh, Timmy Jernigan blew up Scherf for the only the Eagles' only sack of the game. And I don't remember. So that one gave up one sack. Yes. That's interesting. They yep. did. Um I'm struggling to remember who was playing left. Oh, Derek Barnett, the first-round draft pick. Uh, he 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 beat up on Moses pretty good. Um, let's Moses had a holding penalty. Uh, so Moses was the one that said it was a slap in the face that Adrian Peterson wasn't playing. But it sounds did. like he got slapped around pretty he, good too. The, the right side of the offensive line, like everybody's worried about the left side because it's Donald Penn who they signed a month ago because Trent Williams mm-hmm. won't show up. And Eric yeah, Flowers, funny. our old friend, he's playing left guard now. And they, I mean, they had their moments, but, like, they held up pretty well compared. Eric Flowers held up. They held, I mean, Flowers had a holding. The guard. Actually, Flowers That's had. true, you hide him a little bit. Flowers yeah. had consecutive holding penalties in the fourth quarter when they were trying to come back. But they still played. <laughs> the point being is, like, the right side has all the money, yeah. and they didn't play that well either. So, like, the so pocket was, kept collapsing. Was Eric Flowers up against, uh, um... Um, how am I drawing a blank on the defensive tackle uh, for Cox. the Eagles? Cox, Cox yeah. Right. yeah. Cox and, and he only gave up – he didn't give up a sack. Timmy Jernigan had the only sack of the day. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Is their quarterback very mobile? No. And that's actually – that's a great question because he did – I mean, he had, he had 380 yards. He had a yeah. good game. But, like, when – and this is football 101. I'm not trying to sound like a super smart guy. But, like, when he didn't have time, it all kind of fell apart. Like when he had to move or when he went off schedule. Because, again, like I said, it's so weird to watch. You're turning your back to the line of scrimmage, like, you know, five, seven-step drop and turning and looking at your targets. And when the pocket gets pushed, it 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 didn't, it didn't look anywhere near as good. Like when he had time to sit back there and step up and look around, he was fine. I mean, he, he had like eight seconds on the deep ball to McLaren. Uh, that went for like a 68-yard touchdown, I think. When it pushes back on him, it didn't look anywhere near as good. And he had four or five really rough throws where he was off schedule. So shocking, if you can put pressure on the quarterback, he's not as good. And what's encouraging for me is the left side of the Cowboys' D-line is where Demarcus Lawrence is. So, hey, 
go do that, D Law. I don't know what. Um, I think this is. I think this is a really favorable matchup. Um, we don't know what it'll look like with Adrian Peterson. He obviously mm-hmm. didn't play. Darius Geis isn't going to play in this game. Um, Chris Thompson is always a guy to watch. That he's another guy that they're going to manufacture touches for him. Like they're going to run a, at least a few screen passes to him. They're going to try to get him the ball on those swing routes. They've been doing it for years. He's been there since thirteen, I think. Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. That's time starts. He has some injuries though, hasn't he? No, he yeah. every year. Those like guys are hurt a lot. He's yeah. Lance Dunbar, except better, way better. Yeah. Now he did lead their team in receptions with seven last week. Which signals to me that he's a guy that's probably going to get some uh, a lot of opportunities. Yeah. He's a guy that, that they three use yards. a lot. I mean, that's yeah. that's it's, a good screen pass. He's he's not like he's not going to be in there at the start of the game, and he's not going to carry the ball between the tackles that often. But like Jay Gruden comes up with it's you know pop passes, screen yeah. passes. Um, this like it's like he breaks out on that swing route like every other snap. Yeah. So that's something something they have to watch. For. How do the Cowboys manage something like that? Because I don't know that you necessarily want to have a linebacker on him all day as you would typically linebackers matching up with running backs. But uh, do you think the Cowboys need to consider the possibility of taking one of the safeties down, or do you take another corner and maybe put a corner out there to kind of kind of guard against some of that? Well, I think the. That's why you have fast linebackers, so you can go, you know, and make plays like that, and, and not have to, you know, say, well, let's put a safety down there, because what you don't want is McLaurin or whatever his name is to go deep like that. Right. I mean, you'll handle that kind of stuff with Thompson, and, and then, you know, it's the, the whole bend but don't break. You saw it during the Giants game a couple times. I mean, they would bend, they would bend, stop him to a field goal, hold him a couple times to a turnover on down. So I, I don't think that you, you change it up. I think you use the speed that you have on defense to go chase the football. I think, and, and this isn't a secret either, We the Eagles' secondary, I think the world of Malcolm Jenkins, but their corners are either hurt or bad and have been for most of the last two years. The Cowboys have really good corners. Like I think Cheeto, I don't know if you all saw this, Cheeto ran the fastest recorded speed in the NFL over the last two years mm-hmm. when he chased down Barkley. So and you could see it. Like, yeah. I mean, you were like, wow. <laughs> fetched him. 20, 25 miles an hour? I, th- I thought it was 23, but yeah, I, I mean, th- it's... I thought, I thought it was 25. Man, either way, that's faster than a school zone. I mean, like... I, you, you know, it's <laughs> weird tangent, but I think... And it is impressive, but you're like, oh my God, he ran 25 miles an hour, and then I'm in my car in a school zone like, oh my God, I'm going right. so slow. Yeah. And Cheetos running by you. Yeah, exactly. Um... And but they said Barkley was only going 21. Between between Cheeto and Byron, don't you think you have the top end speed to deal with with that? You know, yeah, McLaren speed is not a problem on this defense, exactly. right? Which is why even Xavier, like they can run. What worries Keith me? He can run. I mean, yeah. he he is one yeah, of the best. Yeah, he is know. absolutely. He's hurt, but I don't. Know, well, he's at practice. He's fine. But um, the, that's why, like, I look at Trey Quinn and to the same extent Chris Thompson because. Can you and again, Trey Quinn's probably not dusting anybody down the field, but just like Cole Beasley, he's got that short space separation where mm-hmm. it's third and six, and all of a sudden he's got two yards of space on whoever's covering him for a first down. Like that's, I think that could be frustrating. And the same thing goes for Chris Thompson. But I'm not worried about the big play potential. And um, so McLaren went 69 yards, and then their other big play. Uh, Vernon Davis catches a wheel route from the H-back spot, and like four Philly DBs had a shot at him, and they were just like, no, we're going to 
Keystone cops this thing and just let you go to the end zone. So I don't see that happening. I mean, it's possible, but I think this team rallies to the ball well enough that I'm not worried about it. And I think the corners have the speed to mitigate that. It's the, the you know death by a thousand paper cuts type of thing. I think that's what would worry me. But like I said, Anthony Brown played Quinn really well in last year's game. So. All right, let's take our first final break. When we come back, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the running game. They only gave up a small number of, I mean, they only gained a small number of yards last week, 28 to be exact, on the ground. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what that may mean for this week and how the Cowboys should match up against them. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Final segment of the break, live from Nest WBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys versus the Redskins. That comes that uh, that game will be played this Sunday. It is a noon game Central Time. Uh, we'll be out in Washington for it, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, had a couple questions for you, Dave. I guess let's start first with the the rushing attack. Last week, I guess it's hard to make assumptions after one week of football. Obviously, in any direction. But the fact that they only had 28 yards rushing, that to me seems extremely low. It is, the, I guess, 31st at this point. There was one team that had less than that last week. Was this a function of the game and how the game flowed? Was this a function of Darius Geis just wasn't getting the job done? Was it a situation where you saw maybe the offensive line just wasn't opening holes and that's why the running game wasn't successful? You definitely can't 100%. You can't chalk it up to the flow of the game because they jumped out to a seventeen nothing lead. Yeah, um, it it wasn't there. I, Darius Geis did not look right. That shouldn't be surprising since he's having his MCL looked at and will probably miss some time. 
Uh, but like the offensive line, just it, they they got bullied a little bit, and that shouldn't be surprising. The Eagles have a really really good defensive line, but it's encouraging because I think the Cowboys. I don't know if the Cowboys is as good as the Eagles, but it's pretty good, and so I think that's that should be favorable. Um, that like he, I mean, guys had no holes for the most part to run through. So you know, twenty eight is almost like an aberration like even bad running teams can typically do a little bit better than that but a bad running back can do better than that yeah not on a team um but yeah no i i think there's potential there to limit that although i was gonna you know i didn't really mention adrian peterson that much in the second segment but i was like well you know he's not gonna he's not gonna hit you for 65 yards like saquon barkley but I'm pretty sure it was just last season. He had a house call from like 92 yards away, so yeah, he can still run. A little he's bit still for an old man. Yeah, so that's that's something to watch. I think I think it'll look different for a couple of reasons, like you know the matchup, different running back, etc. So yeah. we'll see. All right, uh, here's a question from Raymond Garcia. He asks, uh, "Will Taco be active next week after the lack of a pass rush uh, the last week?" What do you guys mm-hmm. think? I really <laughs> not that he's necessarily going to aid that and make that that much better, but do they then make him active just to give him another option? Uh, I, th- I think so. I mean, I, I think they they definitely could. I, mean, I, I feel like he's better than than Joe Jackson, and but again, like I said the other day, I don't really know what all is going on there and, and, and why. This whole thing has just been very weird. Yeah, since last year, you, you, I don't know what exactly is going on because you see him and things seem fine him walking around or whatever but then behind doors i mean well they clearly have a problem with him you don't and and they should because if they wanted to announce the inactives an hour you know like friday before the game they would just do it but they they don't they do it 90 minutes before and does it really matter does it help the giants to know if taco's going to be in or out probably not but Garrett to Garrett it does yeah so don't sit there on Saturday when that you got told about it that you're not going to play and then tweet it out there like that this is not your news this is team news but he made it his news yeah I'd be pissed if I was the team too I I say this jokingly but only a little bit like you know we basically did our best to bury him yesterday and I don't I'm I stand by it like it, it's a bad look and it's hard to imagine he's got a long-term future but having said all that, they'll probably make him active six days later because that's the type of stuff that happens. I mean, yeah. and and uh, yeah, I, 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 he'll get a sack. And I was gonna, well, fumble in and, terms of like in terms of rushing the passer, yeah, he. I mean, I think he's better than Joe Jackson right now. Again, you know, Joe Jackson maybe could do more for you in terms of special teams, tackle end, and like the whole totality. But in terms of just getting out there and getting after somebody, I think I'd pick Taco over him right now. So maybe. But the one thing we also realized last week is getting down to, to your, your 46, it's not an easy thing. So just saying you want to make him active, that's cool. Who becomes the guy that becomes inactive in his place? Well, you know, maybe it's uh, four receivers. You know, maybe Tavon Austin. Think about what Tavon's role was in the game. I yeah. mean, you know, he, he played a little bit there, but, but I think – Maybe as as Dave said earlier, we talked about maybe Pollard can do some of some of those swing things, and maybe since it's going to be a, probably going to be a hot day, noon or you know one o'clock kickoff, 
they might have more defensive linemen health are uh, active. You know, I mean, wearing blue jerseys and hot. They're going to be all that stuff. Maybe they have nine guys. But the thought about that is, you probably want an additional defensive tackle before more defensive ends because last week they ran with three defensive tackles. If you worried about the heat, Crawford. those bigger guys, yeah, maybe you're sliding Crawford in to play a little bit more tackle than than end. Do I, but do I have a tackle that I can put in there? Like a, another one? Yeah. Not right so now. So they only had three tackles? Covington. They were active last week, yeah. Tristan Hill was out, right? Yeah. Maybe, so so the yeah, question would be, guess, is Tristan, Tristan Hill the guy Hill that they want to the put guy. back in because they want they want the ability yeah. to have four guys in the rotation, yeah. right? Honestly, I would do that. I would put Tristan Hill and Taco and put Joe Jackson down. That's what I would do. Put Joe and, Jackson and then and the Tavon other Austin. Tavon Austin. And go with four receivers. That sounds... Yeah, maybe like I'm sitting here like that sounds scary to play the game with only four receivers. Well, one guy's but, got a foot injury, another guy's got ribs, and yeah, but I mean, one. Tony Pollard can do something. I mean, Tony Pollard can do return stuff for you. I guarantee. Well, I would like to think maybe maybe he doesn't have that big of a grasp on the playbook, but like Tony Pollard can motion from slot to and do a fake jet sweep just as well as Tavon Austin. Right. Can he? Like I would assume so. Maybe not on one week's notice, but maybe so. I mean, so if you need to be active. You no. have to have seven. I know we're talking inactives yet. But. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, we just jumped ahead to Friday. Sorry. Okay, the point is you're trying to figure out with, with Taco, right? But go ahead. Different question. And he's a pre- Taco is a pretty calm guy. But, you know, the other day we started talking about not having divas in the offense and how, that, how much that has helped the team. Now, when you look at a guy that maybe there is some fr- – well, clearly there is some friction there between whatever's going on with him and the team – do you see this potentially becoming a problem inside the locker room as far as his attitude and what's going on around him? No, because and I'll tell you why. And this is something I've learned over the years. And and this isn't I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but it's just like the dynamic of a locker room. There's always going to be some grumpy guys, mm-hmm. whether you're not like getting the playing time you think you deserve or you're in a contract year or a problem for who? Well, yeah, that's well, uh, just for the team or for problem for Taco because I think it, there has been a problem for Taco. But well, clearly, yeah, yeah. but you no. know when you start having that attitude and walking around with it, it starts affecting the people around yeah. you somehow. Okay, problem for for that group that and that's hot what boys. I don't think so. I, that. That's what I know. Stronger than that, I yeah. can't see it affecting the They're team hot. at all because there's for for however many disgruntled guys there are in the locker room, there's ten that are. You know, bound up in that team culture, and that's why it's so important for Jason Garrett to have his leadership council and all that. Like, if Taco is upset about something, I don't think Tank or Jalen or any like, sorry, what what do you want us to do about it? Yeah, no, like that's, you know, it's that interesting. Ain't happen, it's better. interesting, Nick. You'll probably remember this. I, I want to say it was like maybe mid two thousands, early two thousands, where the the talk around the NFL about the Cowboys was. They just didn't have leadership. Like that was mm-hmm. their biggest problem. They didn't have leadership, and this is the exact opposite of that. I mean, they got a ton of leadership, and the guys that are the leaders in that locker room are really strong personalities, and they're the kind of personalities that I think other players respect. So, you know, we talked about Tank earlier in this in this show. One of the reasons why I thought the Cowboys needed to pay him what they paid him this offseason is because of that. Because when he speaks in that locker room, people listen and people do what he's asking them to do. And he has a way of not only leading, but leading by example on top of his words, right? And so 
I don't think a guy like Taco has the kind of leverage in a locker room like that to cause problems when you've got a lot of really good leaders that that won't allow that to happen. He doesn't have that kind of leverage to be able to pull people in a different direction or to be able to affect the chemistry, I don't think. Did y'all happen to watch the Sounds from the Sideline video that we put out? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's, if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't, you need to go watch it. Go check it, it out. But Tank got that fumble from Eli Big got a turnover, you yeah. know, big play, and he comes back to the bench. He's like, y'all need to wake the hell up because when I get the ball, I want to celebrate, and y'all are <laughs> acting like some wimps. Face. And, like, everybody on the bench was like, we thought there was a flag, man. We thought the play was coming back. And he right. was like, oh, all right. Well, <laughs> But next time. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> right. I just, it's pretty funny. Yeah, there's, there are very strong personalities in that locker room that are bound up. And, I, yeah, I don't see that happening. Yep. All right. Do you have something, Nick? Nope. All right, we appreciate you joining us. We're back tomorrow at 11.45. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of (laughs) DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?